Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. I hope that you have had that experience of feeling empowered by the Spirit. It comes in lots of different ways, and it happens to all of us if we will open ourselves up to it. I want to share an experience quickly that I had probably 12 or so years ago now. I was blessed to be able to go to South Sudan with a group of people from our conference. As Brooke mentioned earlier, the Holston Conference, it's a group of of Methodist churches, and some of us went over there on a fact-finding mission to see what we could do for them. And we went on to drill lots of wells. They had a desperate need for clean water. We drill, I say we, we were a part of uh, a lot of churches that came together to, I think we We've drilled over 20 wells there now, and we, uh, we helped them secure teachers. They, one of the things they wanted more than anything, they wanted teachers for their children. They wanted to learn uh, more efficient and effective farming techniques because the land doesn't give up food easily. It reluctantly gives up food, and they have to work really hard to grow what little they can. So it was a really fascinating trip, and, and it was made more interesting when I was invited to preach at the church in Ye, Sudan. Ye is a, is a city that before the Civil War over there in Darfur, uh, there were probably uh, maybe 50,000 people living in Ye. And with all the people who fled the Civil War and landed in Ye, there were probably a half mil- a million people living there with no infrastructure. So it was, it was, really, um, it was really a difficult situation. But, but I was invited to preach in the Ye church, which was uh, kind of low mud walls and a thatched roof. It was just like you might imagine in sub-Saharan Africa. Um, before I went, I was intimidated by that. I went to our bishop and I said, what, what do I need to know before I go over there? And he said, well, two things. One, you need to just get off that plane and let them know that this hosting conference hasn't forgotten about them. And we're going to make good of all the, because we'd been there before. We were going to make good on our promises. But the other thing you need to remember is you don't need to tell them about Jesus. They know Jesus better than you do. What you need to do is help them live into that. So, so and he, he was absolutely right about that. So when I was asked to preach in the church with an interpreter, I was, I was really burdened by what am I going to talk to them about? Who am I? I had such deep respect for these folks and the way that they lived and the integrity with which they lived their lives with practically nothing in terms of, of material resources, but they raised their families and they had a vibrant faith. So the district superintendent who was actually, it was actually a couple from this area that had gone over there for two years to try to develop a network among all the village churches, much like we have among Methodist churches in this country. I asked him, he was our host, and I said, what, what should I talk about? And he said, well, one of the issues we have uh, is 
uh, some conflict around leadership in the local churches. So maybe you could talk about unity. Maybe that would be helpful. So I thought, okay, what's this, what's this guy from the States going to tell these people about unity that has any integrity? And I was really intimidated by the preaching moment. And then Sunday came. And let me, let me tell you, Worship over there is full contact. We danced and sang for an hour before anything else happened. They have, they have homemade uh, rhythm instruments that they play. They sing basically a cappella. There aren't any. I took a guitar and, we, and sang at another, in another occasion, but I couldn't keep up with them. Uh, I mean, we, we, and, we, and I'm not talking about, you know, doing the hokey pokey with your left foot in and your left foot out and all that. I'm talking about jumping up and down for pretty much an hour and singing songs that I didn't know, basically just making noises. Uh, and it was already at this point, this was at about 8 a.m. and it was already 100 degrees plus in the, under this thatched roof. It was a challenge and I was worn out before it ever came time to preach. But one of the elders was sitting next to me up in the, the, the chancel area, I guess, where we would preach from at the end of the church. I, was, I sat down trying to catch my breath. Someone was praying, and he took me by the hand, and he helped, literally helped me up when I got up to preach. So I thought, what am I going to say? And I knew I was going to use the passage I'm going to read for us in just a minute and talk about, which is about unity. It's about people sharing their gifts. And that's what I wanted to talk about, how we're all equal. We're all the same, and we all have gifts to give. But how do you say that through an interpreter in the middle of sub-Saharan Africa when you're scared out of your mind? And so I would prayed and prayed and prayed. And as he grabbed my hand to help me up, and I saw his hand on mine, it occurred to me. And I've never heard the audible voice of God, but it became very clear to me that the Holy Spirit was making a very important point. This is what I want you to, and just gave me this thought. This, and, and so I thought, All right, I'm just going to go with it. I got nothing to lose. Um, so I started talking about this passage that we're going to talk about, about how everybody has a gift and we're all members of the same body. And I reached back for this elder, and I took his hand, and I said, will you stand up? And he did, and I raised his hand up, and I said, do you see any difference? And they all started laughing because he was as dark as the charcoal that they, the homemade charcoal that they cook over. That's a, that's a precious commodity over there, this, this coal black charcoal. And then, and, and I was as white as the posho, they call it, which is this mixture of water and corn flour that they make into a thin porridge in the morning and then make it thicker to eat uh, during the day. That, that's, that's what they cooked over the charcoal. And so we had charcoal and posho, and we were were as different as you could possibly. I mean, it was Michael Jackson's song, Black and White. I mean, that, that was it. And they all started laughing. But then I said, but here's the thing. Yes, we are very different, but here's the thing. And I had him look at his fingertips and I looked at mine and I said, he has fingerprints and I held my fingers up and they held theirs up. And I said, all of our fingerprints are different. I had them look at their fingerprints and look at their neighbor's fingerprints. And then I said, all of us in here have unique fingerprints and you do too. If we were to do the same thing, you would see. You can't see it so much with the naked eye, but you've all, you, all, you all, everybody knows that. Our fingerprints are all utterly unique on the planet but when we join our hands together in the name of the risen Christ all of our unique fingerprints become the fingerprint of God 
in the world. And we leave it everywhere we go and in everything we do when we do it in Jesus' name. And that resonated with them. They, and I was, and which I was very thankful for. And if, it, if they hadn't, have, I was going to take it up with God because it was his idea. And if it, if it didn't work, I was going to say, God, you know, why did you leave me hanging out to dry? Like he does that sometimes to keep me humble. But, but it did, it, it, they, they did. And, and some of them, I started hearing prayers whispered. And one of their customs is that when it's time to pray, everybody prays like their own prayer. And so if there are 200 people in there, you'll hear 200 different prayers out loud. And, and so I heard these prayers being whispered. And then it got louder and louder until they were up on their feet. And cl I mean, I was, I, I just sat down because I couldn't stand anymore, partly because I was so tired and hot from the experience. But I just sat there and wept because I had never been in an experience where the Holy Spirit had been that powerfully present in a room. And, and you know, I don't know what, I know that that church went on and continues, to, well, it doesn't now because of the, the Civil War and the, and the divisions in, not in the church, but in Ye and in Sudan have become so great that three or four years ago, people just had to leave. And the, we had an orphanage over there and they had to move to Uganda because it wasn't safe. But, but the church, the church stayed unified and the church did lots of great ministry. And so I say all that to say this, I'm going to read its passage in a minute, the one that I read for them. And I want to tell you that I have one goal this morning. We're going to make this simple one goal. I want to either convince you for the first time or reconvince you that if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, and these are Paul's words, not mine. I'm going to use words from 1 Corinthians written by the Apostle Paul. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've given your life to him, you have within you the very Spirit of God period. And it's not my opinion. It's what the Bible says over and over. In the Old Testament, we read where, where God would choose people for certain tasks, whether they were prophets or kings or queens or others, and, and they would be anointed by the Holy Spirit to do a certain task. And it was sort of like on an, on an as-need basis. And, and then that would be that. But now the same Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that was there at creation, that spoke and the light came that brought order out of the chaos. It says in the beginning, God was there and the spirit hovered over the deep, the chaos and the Hebrew word. And, and that same spirit that was there that created order out of the chaos, that brought light out of the darkness, separated the dry land from the seas, brought forth the shrubbery and the fish and, and the squirrels. Oh God, why do we have to have squirrels? That's another sermon for another day. But all these critters and everything in creation, the same spirit that did that is the same spirit that came down as a dove on Jesus' shoulders when he was baptized and it inaugurated and anointed his ministry in the world. Because remember, Jesus was God, but Jesus was also a human being and he lived just like we do on this earth. And, and it was the power of God through the power of the Holy Spirit operating through him that did all those ministries and did all those things. That same spirit 
is residing in you and in me through faith in Jesus Christ. But it's not so we can strut around and say, well, I'm spiritual and I have the Spirit of God in me. That's, that's, that's a disservice to God, in fact, and an insult to Him if that's all we ever do with it. I want to convince you that you have the Spirit in you and there is a purpose that the Spirit wants to work out through you in the world. Now, the early church struggled with this, and, and we'll talk about Corinth for just a second. Corinth uh, was wide open in those days. It was near the sea. There was lots of commerce. There were, there were little g gods and goddesses everywhere, and there were pagan temples and cults all over the place. And, and, and there were lots of people involved in that sort of quote-unquote worship. And there was a sense of spirituality then that we don't have now. You know, and, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful for science. I'm thankful for medicine. I'm thankful that we know now what we know as a culture here and around the world. But what that, what that did was convince us that that spiritual stuff that they talked about in antiquity doesn't count anymore. And no, 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 it's both and. We're spiritual beings. We're created with a spirit. That's the part that lives forever, not our bodies. Our bodies have a shelf life. Our spirits don't. And God wants his Holy Spirit to connect with us and to be a part of us and be a part of our spirit then as we live for him in the, in the world. So the Corinthians were confused about that. The Corinthian church had a lot of conflict. There were a few haves and there were a lot of have-nots. That's kind of the way culture was in those days. Plus, you had these people who came out of these pagan temples. The, the, the one, the, we call them Gentiles. We're Gentiles. Anybody who isn't a Jew is a Gentile. And, and they were intimidated by the Jewish people who had who had found Christ and, and had joined the church. Not all Jewish people did. In fact, most of them didn't, but some did. And they seemed to know so much more about spiritual things, and they seemed to know God better, and they were intimidated by them. So there was spiritual one-upsmanship going on in the church. There was a great socioeconomic disparity among them. Again, lots of have-nots and a few haves, and it caused dissension in the church. And there was starting to be this idea that, well, I'm just not as spiritual as this person because they speak in tongues, or I'm not as spiritual as this person because they can prophesy, uh, and they can, they can, you know, have the these messages from God about what what we ought to do and and I just don't seem to have that and and Paul wanted he knew he knew that the way the church was going to advance was if, if every single person would claim their gift from the Holy Spirit most of us have multiple gifts maybe a lot of one a, a little bit of a couple of others so that then the church could advance so, so he, he wrote this to them ostensibly, but he also writes it to us. This is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. And I'm going to pause and talk a little bit as I go because I really, really, really want to make the best case I can for us this morning that this is, this is the future of this church. It's the future of the church in the world is Christians living into the Holy Spirit who's within them. So Paul wrote to them and he writes to us. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Now they all knew about spiritual things. They all knew about the Spirit. What they didn't always understand was that everyone had it, as I said, and that every and that it was and that you had the Spirit for a purpose. So he's just establishing that. 
And then he's speaking to the ones who came out of those temples. You know that when you were pagans, somehow you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. And those were the graven images, the idols, whatever they were in those temples that they thought were little g-gods and goddesses that they worshipped. And some of those people felt really bad about that when they came to faith in Christ. And they carried that burden with them, and they wondered if they could ever be fully Christian. So Paul's, and, and you know what? I know people who are like me and have had a, that's why I wear a checkered shirt, because I have a checkered past. This is my past. Uh, and, and you may think, you know, how can I be a Christian? How could Jesus love me when I've done this, been there, said this, didn't do that? All these things that we can come up with that would disqualify us from the faith, which all the, by the way, none of those count in God. They may count with you, but they don't count with God. That was then, this is now. So we, there, there are parallels here. And many of us come from, you know, we may not have been a part of a cult or a, or a pagan temple, but we came from places that we think disqualify us from being with Jesus. So he says, therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And, and that's really kind of cool what Paul's doing there. I saw what you did there, Paul. See, some of, in some of those pagan temples, that you could, you could get the little G god or goddess to call a curse down on somebody. Maybe, maybe it was a, a, a business competitor, or maybe it was someone in your family or a friend that you wanted something bad to happen to, and you could pray to this little G God or goddess to call a curse down on them. But Paul is saying, see this, you, that's not the way this works. No one by speaking by the spirit of God says Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, this is the more important piece of that. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And this is, this is in other places in scripture as well. If we claim faith in Christ, it's because the Holy Spirit that has already been, that's already around, the Holy Spirit's always there, has gotten through enough to help us to say that. That's something that you can't come to on your own. It's God right there with you the whole time going, I'm right here, I'm right here, I'm right here. And we think about it and we hear about it. And then one day, finally, it gets through and we say, all right, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want you. I want you to be a part of my life and I want to be a part of yours. I want you to save me from my sin. That's the Holy Spirit that does that. There is no other way. And so all of that Paul does to convince them that you have the Holy Spirit within you, not just the ones that speak in tongues, not just the ones that prophesy, not just the ones that seem to be uh, doing well in the world. Everyone has the Spirit. So that's kind of the first step in this thing. And then Paul starts to explain. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. There's not a God of tongues and a God of prophecy and a God of this. It's the same God. It's the same Spirit. It's just working through the individual. Now to each one, got to pause there for a second. This, this whole thing about being inhabited by and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not exclusive to preachers or teachers or drummers or organists or guitar players or Sunday school teachers or whatever. No, no, it says to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common 
good. A lot of times people would take their spirituality uh, because there are other spirits as well. Uh, you know, there is an underworld and there are demons and there are dark spirits out there. And, and you think, oh man, what has Trotter been smoking? Well, I haven't been smoking anything, not in 40 years. So I haven't been smoking. But, and it was just Marlboros, no worry. As far as you know. So, but, but the fact of the matter is, it's, this is all biblical. Paul says, Paul talks about powers and principalities. All of that is real in the world. And Paul is trying to say to them that everyone has this manifestation, manifestation of spirit, not so that you can get one up on somebody or so that you can do something better than somebody else. It's for the common good, for the good of the church and for the purpose of advancing Christ in the community. So, to, to one is, and here's where he starts kind of generally listing what some of these gifts are. To one there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits. That's that's that the, the good spirits, the bad spirits, there's all sorts of evil in this world. I don't need to tell you that. Look at your news feed. And to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and that's totally legitimate in Scripture as long as someone is there to interpret. And, and uh, uh, we, we maybe talk about that another day. But to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these work all of these are the work of one and the same Spirit and distributes them to each one as he determines. So there are like 18 discrete gifts that Paul talks about in two different lists in the New Testament. And they're gifts of administration. Did you know that was one? Gifts of administration, gift of hospitality, a gift of giving. Some people just have this incredible generosity to just give. And some people have the power to amass a lot of money. And, and, and the gift of, the, of, of giving is this gift that allows them to give a lot of it away to people who don't have enough. And there's a, the gifts of healing. We bow over those. We think, oh, that doesn't happen anymore. That only happens on TV and these TV revivals. No. No, it happens. It happens. People pray and things change. It doesn't always happen because we're not God. But our job is simply to pray. But there are people who just seem to be able to change the atmosphere in a room when they walk in. And there can be healing in the midst of a really bad situation just by making people feel better, by giving people a sense of hope, by bringing relationships back together, bringing churches back together. Lots of different ways to heal. And miraculous signs, signs and wonders aren't just people being raised from the dead. It could be. Not just people being raised from the dead. But it could be, uh, it, it could be people being fed when there seemed to be no possible way for that to happen. See, we, we try to limit this miraculous stuff that God does. But we can't limit God. Here's what I want you to think about. The Holy Spirit transforms our differences into a unified vision of Christ. 
Paul knew that there were lots of divisions in the church at Corinth. And the one way, he wasn't going to go in and step into every argument and say, well, this one's right about this and this one's right about that. No, no. The way he dealt with it was to say, we've got to get our focus on the most important thing, and that's being the body of Christ in the world. It's more important than your position on this or your position on that. And being the hands and feet of Christ in the world, empowered by his spirit, is more important than what president we voted for or which council person we voted for. It's more important than which school district uh, superintendent or, or whatever. You get the idea. It's more important that whether we're a fan of this or a fan of that, whatever we think, and we have a right to all those opinions, particularly political opinions, and we should be in the, in the form of public opinion and sharing our perspective as followers of Jesus Christ. We should do that, but none of that is more important than being the hands and feet of Christ in the world. That's why whenever I think about the division that's occurring in the United Methodist Church right now, why we keep preaching and Will keeps preaching and I keep preaching, we're not here to take sides. We are here to make disciples of Jesus Christ and to go outside those doors every week and change this community on the behalf of Jesus Christ. And we do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, political divisions and all this dissension and all these things we disagree about begins to dim in the light of Christ that glows from these things that we do. I've said this before. I stood at a crop drop once between two people around a pallet of sweet potatoes as we were bagging them. And I knew for a fact, this was some years ago, I knew for a fact that one was a staunch Trump supporter and one was a staunch Hillary Clinton supporter and it never came up never did and I know that the, I've seen these people square off on each other before it never came up because we had a better purpose we had a deeper purpose we were lifting up Jesus Christ for the community and that has to overtake everything else because if he is lifted up people would be drawn to him and no one's going to see him if we're arguing and fighting with each other and Paul knew that and so Paul was trying to tell these people and he's trying to tell you and me today our focus needs to be on claiming the Holy Spirit within us and claiming the gifts that the Spirit has given us and using them out in the community to change things for Jesus Christ. It will unify us even in the midst of our disagreements. That's how powerful the Holy Spirit is. I want to. I want to just let's let's do this. We're, we're let's just show. There's some pictures. You saw some videos. We saw earlier. We saw that video. If you would, and I'm talking actually while I'm talking to you, I'm actually talking to the people up in the production booth, which is over there. You can't see them. We're going to skip those videos and just go to that montage of pictures. And I want you to look as these pictures. And you can go ahead and just show those if you want to. I want you to look at how different the people are, and and just and different ages, different different socioeconomic groups, different, I guarantee you, different political perspectives. They're all, they're, they're all over the board. But these are people who came together to change the community in the name of Jesus Christ. This all happened. These are all just some of the ministries that happened last weekend over Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday as we, uh, as we continued the mission blitz. Um, those picnic tables are going to go to, I think they're going to Wesley House. I mean, these are just picnic tables for people to gather and eat because they don't have any place. These are people who were making cards. Uh, these are making cards for kids at Children's Hospital. Uh, 
people of all ages. There's, there's something for everyone to do. Everyone has a gift to share. And it was such a beautiful thing to walk around this church over a period of two or three days. And a lot of it happened outside the church as well um, as people pitched in. And, and let me say this. And this is, this is the bottom line. And you may think I'm being uh, overly dramatic and exaggerating, but I can back all this up with Scripture. Your spiritual gift, and, and, there are, and, if, and if you want to talk about that, we can talk about that. You can email me. We can talk about how you discover your spiritual gift. A lot of times it's easier to find if you think about what do I like to do? What am I drawn toward? I've used this before. If I, were to, if, if I were to be like the chair of the finance team, this church is on very strong financial footing. I could take it down in 90 days. <laughs> I do not have the gift of administration. But I can play my guitar, and I can go see people, and I can, I can sit up here and babble for 20, 30 minutes and maybe impart a little bit of what God wants us to hear. But we, we all have different things that we do. If, it's some, if, you, if there's something you love to do, and it's something God would want done, that's a, that's a, that's a gift inside of you trying to get out. And if you're, if you're doing something, I'll be, I'll be, be careful about this, but I'm going to say it. If you're doing something in the church and it's a grind, and you're thinking, oh, God, I can't believe I have to go do that again, it's probably not your gift. You probably need to look at doing something else and work within your area of giftedness. But here's what I want you to remember. Your spiritual gift is as unique as your fingerprint and the church can't be the same without you. Now, yes, there are only 18 spiritual gifts. And if, the, but, and if we have all 18 of them in the room, are we all set? No. Because three of us might have the gift of hospitality. But then that gift filters through our unique personality and skill set and experience. And so it comes out as unique as your fingerprint. These, because this power doesn't like bounce off of us out in the world. It flows through us. It's just like the, it's like the blessings. We talk about blessings. We're never the final destination of a blessing from God. It flows through us. And same with our spiritual gifts. That he didn't give them to us to walk around and hold on to. He wants them to flow through us. It's like, it's like an electrical charge. You know, you can have all the power that's, that you can produce by Fort Loudon Dam, uh, and if it's not flowing, it's not doing anything. It has to flow. It has to, make a, it has to make a connection and flow for it to be powerful. But your spiritual gift is unique as your fingerprint, and the church cannot be the same without you. I can't do what you can do. You can't do what I can do, and you can't do what he can do, and you can't do what she can do. You can't because you're unique. And do you understand that the body of Christ has a hole in it if you're not taking your place? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Don't, don't get mad at me. I'm just, I'm just trying to interpret what Paul's saying here. But it's that important. We're talking about the mission of Christ in the world. And he entrusted it to all of us. One last thing. This is, as I said, the same spirit that was there at creation, the same spirit that was there when Jesus was baptized, the same spirit that rolled away the stone, the resurrection, the same Holy Spirit. The spirit doesn't change, 
But we do. When we discover his fingerprint on our lives. And I want to submit that the only way this starts is to start now. If you wait till tomorrow, was the old song in the musical Annie, tomorrow's always a day away. Tomorrow never comes. If we wait till tomorrow, it's never going to happen. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. I'm going to have Jason come out and play a little bit on the piano. And everybody can come out if you want to. But I want to have a prayer. I just want to take a moment for a little prayer here before we go. And I, if, if you have faith in Jesus Christ and you know that, maybe you've had faith in Jesus Christ for 50 years, but maybe you're not serving, maybe you're not sure about that gift, I want to encourage you today to not wait till tomorrow to get started, but to think about today what you can do. And if you've never made that decision for Jesus Christ, that's what you need to do today. You need to give that serious thought because Jesus Christ is real. He is the Son of God. He walked this earth for 30 some odd years. He died and was resurrected. And it is through faith in Him that yes, yes, one day we will live forever in heaven. But we're living an eternal life now. We're all living an eternal life because of that spirit that's within us. And we don't want to live it in the presence of the God who gave it to us. Or do we want to live it apart from that? Jesus wants to enter your life right where you are now and change it and change you so that you then can be a part of this gospel movement to change the world. Let's pray. Almighty God, I know that there is one here today, and there may be more than one, but I know there is one here, Lord, who has not ever made that initial step to, for a relationship with Jesus Christ. And Lord, I, I'm praying for that person today. Lord, I'm praying that your Holy Spirit would finally get their attention and help them to understand that, that you come to make life complete, not to take anything away, but to make it complete. Lord, soften their heart, I pray, and use us as your church to encourage. And Lord, I know there are some here that did that 50 years ago. But maybe they just feel like they're still sitting on the bench or maybe they're in a season where they're not in the game. And Lord, I pray for them. I pray that you would help them to understand that, that they can be a part of the game wherever they are. No matter what their situation in life may be, there is a way that you can use them. So, God, I pray for your spirit to penetrate whatever barrier may be there so that they may begin to live in to your call in their life once again. Oh, God, come Holy Spirit, change us so that we may be part of your effort to change the world in the name of and for the sake of Jesus the Christ. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. 
We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.